Are we ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Hey, I'm Ellie. And I'm Heidi. And we are the Moms Moms in in the the middle. Middle. Two Midwest moms talking about the nuances of pregnancy, birth, and parenting in our modern world. There is so much perceived polarization between the different decisions we make in early parenthood. Home birth versus hospital birth formula versus breast milk, and sleep training versus co-sleeping. But most of us find ourselves somewhere in the middle. From choosing the right provider for your birth to picking a preschool for your toddler, we are going to talk about how we weigh different opinions and follow our intuition to make the right choices for us. There's no right way to parent, and every family has different goals, values, and support. Let's meet in the middle and chat about it. Okay, got it. (laughs) Hey! Hey everyone! Hey Heidi! Welcome back! Hey Allie! We already right. we are breaking the fourth wall, but we already recorded together for like an hour and a half. But it was with a guest, so we haven't gotten to like chat and see each other talk at all yes. yet today. Yeah, it's officially December, so like we're in the full swing of like the holiday season. How are things going? I'm I'm doing good. It's funny. I was just thinking last night about this. So I was like, other times when we've recorded multiple podcasts in a row, I like was dreading it because I was like, oh, it's just like so much talking mm-hmm. for so long. But I was looking forward to it today. And I realized it's because I'm ovulating. So I have like, you know how you have like so much more energy when yes. you're ovulating? <laughs> And I, I had this one doula tell me that I was talking to you how she literally plans her work schedule around her like menstrual cycle. And I was like, I wish that that worked. Like it just doesn't work like with my life. Like I have to work every day. Mm -hmm. Like I can't just like not work some days or whatever, like not take meetings some weeks. But I was like, it's actually so true that like this weekend and today I've done just like so much talking, but I'm like, fine with it like I have tons of energy because I'm like in that phase of my cycle it's so interesting as someone who has not had a menstrual cycle outside of birth control for like my whole entire adult life it's been so interesting to me to learn I know we've talked about this other episodes but like to learn about that side of myself Uh uh-huh I definitely notice a difference too I listen to either one of my doula group coaching calls or something or a podcast but anyways I did like listen to more so cyclical living around your business and like content creation Mm -hmm. and all of that. And after listening to that, like, you know, like you feel more creative in certain parts of your cycle and then you have other where you just like don't have the motivation. I have noticed that so much with my cycle. Now I still struggle to like actually stay consistent with my social media, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, I know. I have more ideas at certain points in my cycle than others. I feel like my brain just feels like clearer during like during more of my like ovulation phase. Like I just feel more like on top of things, more Mm -hmm. like my thoughts aren't just like jumbled. I don't know. And then just when I whenever like I'm getting after ovulating and I'm going towards like bleeding, it's like I just feel like foggy. Yes. I started my period this weekend and oh no it's just I just feel that I get that like overwhelm and like Mm -hmm. my thoughts are all over the place I have no mental clarity and and then I feel like that just makes me feel overwhelmed in general my house feels like it's in disarray like it's like magnified I'm like oh my gosh this is such a mess and I get so frustrated 
Yes. But then other yes. times I'm like, it's still a mess, but it just doesn't bother me as much. Yeah. Or you can look at it more like rationally. Yes. Of like, God, oh, it's a mess, it's but so like crazy. I got all this stuff done or that's not very important or mm-hmm. whatever. Versus, gosh, wouldn't it be nice to be a man and not have like your hormones shifting <laughs> Every single week of your life, like you could just have yeah. some level of like norm normalcy, normality. Yeah. You know, but I feel like even I don't know if you notice this with your your husband, but like they go through their own like cycles. Oh yeah, of, like motivation and like you know. Just, I guess that's true, and it's not predictable either. It's uh-uh. just like. <laughs> <laughs> My husband has like two modes. Like it's like I wake up and I'm gonna get everything done that I haven't gotten done for a week on that day, mm-hmm. or like ugh about everything. Like oh, yeah. I have to do this. Oh, I have to go to work. Like dragging his feet over everything. Uh-huh. That's like his two modes. And there's like no, I just gotta like take it when I get it. Of like if he's like in the mood to get things done, I just gotta like throw everything at him. Like, you need to be in the mood to get things done too. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. My husband was like hanging some stuff up in the basement and I was like, um, just kind of joking. Like, why don't we hang up those shelves that have been sitting in the bathroom for like months? And he was like, yeah, I mean, I got the tools out, so let's go do it. And I was like, all right, let's go. I'm not really sure where I want him to go, but we're going to figure this out. We're going to ride this train. We've been like (laughs) stepping over them for months. I finally put them in like a closet like a month ago um now they're hanging up on the wall gosh that's how we are with things like it'll just be like sometimes like we'll have something sitting that we are looking at and supposed to do for weeks and then it's or months or sometimes even more than months maybe even years (laughs) and then like we actually eventually do it and then like I'm like that literally took us 15 minutes like why have we been putting that off like the amount of mental energy we've used to think about that the yes. last couple months or whatever was way more time than it actually took to just do it. Right. I know. I know. It's so funny how those things work. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we-, we we just recorded a great episode that will come out next week with Meg Duke, who's like a perinatal mental health specialist. And we got we had an episode planned for this week and then we were like gosh we just talked about all of it with Meg Duke and she gave so many so much great advice and it's such a great episode it's long but I hope everybody tunes in next week yeah it has so much good information for I think it's the perfect episode to come out the week before Christmas like it's the perfect episode yeah so we were like let's just chill and have fun this week and let's do some more reddit threads yeah yeah because that's been a popular one like it was a yeah. fun one to do, and it's been pretty popular. So we're going to do it again, and we're going to kind of make it like it's going to be holiday-themed. Yeah, and it's um, just our completely unsolicited opinions on what people absolutely. are asking on Reddit. Yeah. So, again, if you guys ever have, you know, things that you want us to comment on, feel free to email them in, and we will. But these are just, yeah, random people on Reddit asking for advice, and we are going to give it to them. They're never going to probably hear it, but – if you guys have a some, we picked ones that you know we feel like are probably pretty big universal experiences for our listeners, and um, we'll give our our thoughts on them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I don't know about you, I don't know about about Joe, your husband, but my husband mm-hmm. does not enjoy giving gifts mm-hmm. at all. 
for any occasion. Like, it's just not his thing. And I'm the opposite. I love buying gifts for people. Um, I do have to reel it in during this season. Um, but that is how I, I really- am. Like, gift giving is like one of my love languages. Yeah. Like, I find so much pleasure in like finding that perfect gift for somebody and like mm-hmm. seeing the joy on their face and feeling like, oh, you thought about me. You know me. And then I feel like with Joe, it's almost like the pressure he, since I'm like the gift giver. He feels so much pressure giving me gifts mm-hmm. because he knows how like it important it is to me and how I like correlate it with how much you care about somebody that he gets in his head too much about giving me a present that it's like he gets in his yeah. head about like what do I give Heidi that can like she'll care about that it's like too much. He's gotten better at it over the years, but like he's almost yeah. stressed about it too much that it just like spirals to like ending up not being a good gift. Yeah, my husband like legit just stresses so much about it. And I'm mm. I'm also like, it's okay. You know, you don't have to yeah. like don't stress over it. It's not supposed yes. to be stressful. I do it because I like doing it. Um and I'm not always like the best about giving gifts um like throughout the year, but for some reason, like mm-hmm. in the holiday season, I just I do really love it. So, anyways, mm-hmm. um, so this Reddit thread is about the dads trying to figure out what to get their wives. (laughs) So it says, it's the season for dads to struggle to find that perfect gift for mom. Let's toss some ideas out there to help us all. Gifts for mom from us and to mom from kids. So some of these are funny. Um, Yeah, I want to know what this is, what men have come up with. (laughs) And there are some there are some wives and moms on this thread like trying saying, to help yeah. mm-hmm. But so the first comment is like, "Welp, I made the mistake of googling toys for mother and daughter. Gonna have to burn my laptop later." I don't even want to know. I don't even. I don't want to know what came up when you Google that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Burning would not suffice. You have to take it to the metal shredder. <laughs> Only then you <laughs> Anyways, um, this one says, my, my my wife said she doesn't want anything. Classic. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't listen. <laughs> don't trust it. Don't trust me when I say, it's okay. You don't have to get me anything. <laughs> yes. Do you know what? My mom and my mother-in-law both say that every single year and it drives yeah. me insane because I literally tell them not to their face. The problem is, is that I, I do have to get you something and I am going to get you something. So, <laughs> so now it's mother- just more pressure on me about like, I don't have any direction of what you want. Like it is more kind and caring to give me like a wish list <laughs> or a direction or a thought because you just saying, oh, you don't need to get me anything doesn't mean that I'm actually like, I am still going to get you something. So please yes. help yes. me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. My mom, my mom always says that she's always like, well, you don't need to get me anything. Okay. And I'm like, mom, you like, we talked about this on our other episode, but that everyone will hear next week. But like moms make the season so magical. They put so much Mm -hmm. effort into it. And my mom has done that for as many years as I've been alive. And I'm like, I do not want to just not get you anything. Even if I'm not spending an arm and a leg, like I can't just not get you anything. Well, this Mm -hmm. year she was like, no, like I told you and your brother, like 
not to get us anything. Please do not. I'm not making Christmas like this, you know, extravagant thing, at least for you and your brother, like grandkids are a different story. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, fine. I won't, but it's really hard. It's really hard. So, um, yeah. Okay. Let's see what else. Um, socks, fuzzy, warm, comfy (laughs) socks. (laughs) I'm not saying I don't like socks, but that's like a stocking stuffer that's not like a main present energy. Yeah. Yeah. So I've tried to tell my husband to like, you don't need to get me a gift. Like just do my stocking. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Just make sure I have a stocking. That's even harder for him. Yeah. Cannot. Yeah. All the little things. (laughs) So I have a funny story. So Joe told me he was like oh I bought your Christmas gift and I was like okay like whatever why are you telling me he's like I have to pick it up sometime so then I started playing like the guessing game of like what are you getting me what are you getting me whatever so I started guessing things and I guessed that he was getting me a new phone and then he was like no no I'm not getting a new phone because my phone's starting to like kind of crap out and I was like I need a new phone before it craps out because as a doula you're always on call so I had that happen the last time and my phone like randomly died and then like it was like a rush literally like running to the store to try to get a phone because I had was on call for a client and so I was like so anyway so I I mean you phone so then we were on our way to our friend's house but we were like both driving separately I had the kids and he was going and he goes, oh, I'm going to be a little late because I'm stopping at Best Buy. And I was like, oh, to pick up my phone. And then he was like, oh, shit. Like, I was <laughs> – because he had lied to me and told me he wasn't getting me a new phone. So then he, like, completely – then I got mad at him because then he was like, well, now that you know, I'm just going to give it to you because I feel weird about just giving you something you need for Christmas anyways. So he was like, so now I'm just giving you your – and it's a new iPhone. And he's just like, here, here's your new iPhone. And I was like – well, now this is just not magical at all. Like, you could have, like, I, I was like, I was like, even if you bought me something else for Christmas because, like, that was something I needed, like, it still would have been fun to, like, open on Christmas morning. And I yeah. didn't know because I, I like try to tell him just to, like, he always asked me what kind of phone I want. I'm like, just pick whatever you think I need because, like, I don't want to do all, like, the research and yeah. everything like that. So I'm like, yeah. it would have still been special to be like, what one did you research and get me and, like, all that stuff. So anyways, it was just like, okay, thanks. Now I have an iPhone. Like, but it would have yeah. been so fun to open on Christmas. And he's like, I never know what you want on Christmas. He's like, he stresses himself out about it so, so, yeah. so, so much. Yeah, I just – I – it's not even really about the actual gift. Like, I just like to know yes. that, like, you've thought about me, like, or you've listened to things that I've wanted, wanted, not needed, wanted, mm-hmm. because I personally, especially after having kids, like, I don't spend a lot of money on myself. Um, Like, there's a lot of things that are just, like, on my wish list for months on end. Um, yeah. And it's always like, well, I don't know what you want. And I'm like, just listen throughout the year. Yeah. Like just yeah, no. And so some of the I dads on agree here with that. Go yeah, ahead. some of the dads on here have said like, well, I just keep a list like throughout the year of things that my wife says. And then some of the dads are like, well, I got you know, I got my wife a new vacuum and a new air fryer and stuff like that. Which like some some people really like those things and like those are the things that they really do want. But I'm like, mm-hmm. also that just is work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and I it's things know. that like 
Also, like, getting a new vacuum is something that you as a mom, like, so I I am one of the people that, like, doesn't have an issue spending money on myself. I know a lot of moms, like, my mom is that way. Like, she never buys herself anything, but, like, she'll buy us, like, nice things and everything like that. But I feel like as a mom, if you are like that, of, like, you have a hard time spending money on yourself, buying Mm -hmm. a vacuum or an air fryer or something is something that you will be able to be, to spend money on. Like, if your vacuum craps out, you'll be, like, oh, that's fine for me to spend money on a new vacuum. Like that's not something that you're going to like – Yes, that's that you're not going to like nitpick at yourself about, but you might not. it's for the house. Yes, exactly. Yes, it's something that can be like budgeted into the house budget, not something that's like treating yourself because you are the main person who vacuums. That's not like treating yourself (laughs) to something. Um, But it's like those little – like little things even just like a really nice pair of like plush slippers or like a new robe or like you know things or like little things like those simple pleasures that maybe you mention like throughout the day of like oh it'd be really nice if I had blah 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 or I had blah blah and it's Mm -hmm. not even about it being expensive it's about that like they heard you say that throughout the year that you would like that but you didn't like it's not something that you would spend money on yourself to have and then like buy that for you yeah yeah I know. And like, I, I do like, I will buy myself things here and there, but it's usually like got to be on super sale or like, you know, just a cheap like shirt or something like that. And, you know, it's not really like, I don't know. Yeah. Or sometimes I just want sometimes too, what's really nice from like Joe is like, when he literally doesn't pick something out for me, but just gives me money to spend at certain places, like being like, hey, here's an $100 gift card to free people. So go and mm-hmm. shop and buy yourself whatever yeah. you want. And then it's like free money that you don't have to like stress about, oh, I need to get it on sale. Oh, I need to you know, do this. And it's do like that. he of like, recognizes that you really like free people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even and that, that I like going shopping. Reckon- like I love, like yeah. I love to go shopping with my sister so it's yeah. like free money that I don't have to go shopping and stress about like, oh, is this in the budget? Is this in the budget? It's just like, oh, I can go shopping and spend that much money. Um, yeah. And, and like, that's okay. I know you and I know what you like or where you like to go and how you like to spend your time. Like it's sometimes it's just that, like that you actually know what I like without me having to like give you a list or tell you exactly. Like, yeah. When and I, think, so I know what I'm getting. Yeah. And I think partners make it more complicated than it needs to be. They stress about it more than it needs to be of it is seriously that simple of like, this is what, this is what I noticed you like, or you like to do with your time or you enjoy mm-hmm. or something mentioned and here's, and also like Ellie said, Always fill your wife's stocking because that is not fair if everybody is opening their stockings on Christmas and your wife doesn't have hers filled. You have to make sure you always yeah. fill their stocking. 100%. Who does your who does your like mom's do like do you do stockings with your family like outside of like just your family like your immediate family? Do you do stockings um, with like your parents and stuff? We've done years where we've done stockings with my parents. Um, we have, me and my sister have before filled my mom's stocking. Usually it's like a communication with my dad of like, hey, we're going to fill mom's yeah. stocking this year. Yeah. I will say like I 
definitely feel like there were probably years growing up where my mom didn't really have stuff in her stocking. I mean, I can't remember. I don't know if my mom would have ever like mentioned it or anything like that. Um, but, um, and I don't know if my dad did do that or not. Um, but there have been some years as adults where me and my sister have filled, have filled yeah. my mom's stocking. Um, we but I feel like it was. And I always everybody. Yeah, and I always do my mom's. And so if I'm not getting her a gift, I try to make it a little extra. <laughs> I yeah, a little a extra when I'm stocking because I'm like, well, I'm doing that at least. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, yeah. I'm trying to think. Of, oh, I saw this TikTok the other day that it was like somebody was saying they found the hack to their wife's birthday. And they were like – and I was like, it actually is, but it's really it's, – it's what we were talking about kind of before. But it's like it's literally like you don't have to make it so complicated. Like I think mm-hmm. men look at women and think like, oh, they're such complicated creatures. But they really like – aren't like we do like our little like rituals and our things and so he was like saying that for her birthday he woke her up and like told her to get ready didn't make her breakfast or anything and like immediately brought her through starbucks to get like breakfast and coffee and then he took her did you see that yeah and then then he took her to all three of her favorite stores and gave her like a budget like gave her cash to spend at all three of her favorite stores and like that was I mean it was a lot of money he spent he spent like $300 like I'm not saying that everybody doesn't have $300 to spend on their spouse for their birthdays and stuff but it really like doesn't have to be that complicated like take her to her favorite breakfast plate what she like like yes or even like contact her best friend and have them go out together like schedule that because as as moms especially if our friends are moms we have so little time or we feel weird asking people to like take time away from their families to spend time with us like do the little things like that like get her sister in on it and be like hey you guys go out and do this together like it's really not that as complicated as I think a lot of people think it doesn't have to be an $800 iPhone that you buy no. your spouse. It has to be, yeah. yes, it just and has some to be of these, meaningful. Some of these ideas on this thread are like, take her to a big day out with a dinner and a show and a night at a hotel. Like, it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. that extravagant. It really doesn't. Um, yeah. And then what, what I think is interesting is there's several comments on here about how early this person is asking for ideas. And it... It's, I don't know what the date is on it, but it's like dated for like maybe two weeks before Christmas. And so there's comments about it being like, oh, we're starting two weeks early now. Why are you thinking about this now? And I know some of these are probably just meant to be funny, but um, like it's okay as a guy to be thinking about gifting for your wife ahead of time and being on top of it. Like it's not like, it doesn't like reduce your masculinity because you are thinking about somebody else because I promise you your wife has probably been buying toys on sale for the kids for like months now and saving them up for Christmas yeah no it definitely it definitely doesn't that's so silly (laughs) I think that you know especially thinking about in advance is like that opens up your your um options Right. For For different things of like, I have seen, yeah, some, some people say that like for Christmas, their spouse maybe not has not planned a whole date night out, but has like just paid for them to have a hotel room for a night before the holidays. 
to have yep. some like decompression time before yep. since they're which we kind of we'll talk about next week on our episode since a lot of times moms are the default parent and are the makers of holiday joy you know yes. lots of times you're tired and you're it's just nice to be recognized of, even if you're not even if it is an agreement in your family of like your wife is the one who buys the kids presents and who does those things. Like it's nice to just be recognized as the default parent of being like, Oh, you do that. I'm thankful for that. Here's some time for your, for yourself to, to do something for yourself during this holiday season and feel a little bit rejuvenated. Okay. Okay. Well, let's hop into our next Reddit thread. Then this is one I feel passionately about as someone who had a late October baby. Um, Okay. It's labeled Holidays with Newborn. I'm a first-time mom expecting in late October and trying to figure out how to handle holidays with a newborn. We normally go to my uncle's for Thanksgiving, a three-hour drive, and would be like it would be like 10 people staying overnight. For Christmas, we normally visit our parents who live near each other, either a two-hour flight or a 13-hour drive, and normally see like 15 to 20 family members while there. I'm worried about two things. One, our tiny baby getting sick during peak COVID and flu season. And two, how much we'll feel up for being somewhere other than in our house. I know there are so many unknowns that we'll probably have to play it by ear, but what are others planning or what did you do if you had a similar situation before? Well, I had a very similar situation. So. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just say what we did and maybe we can talk about what I would change or like yeah. – I guess. So I feel like everything's different post pandemic of like, yes, why were there people concerned about their newborn getting sick over the holidays pre pandemic? Of course there was like there was still RSV and the flu and stuff like that. But I feel like it's so different now of like, I personally didn't really think about it that much. Like, I mean, I like baby wore my baby and generally didn't want a bunch of people like kiss like I asked people not to kiss her for RSV and like stuff like that right. but I honestly didn't really think that much about the fact that my child could get the flu or RSV or be hospitalized like it was kind of just like a whatever kind of thought in my brain of like some precautions but now it's just so different of I feel like not only is COVID like a player in the whole mm-hmm. thing but also like it's like the anxiety and the awareness of germs post COVID is like all time high of like just our awareness of germs and how they're transmitted and how they can be serious is like everything you see all the time. So it feels like so much more relevant because it's like so much in the media. But anyways, I'll say what we did. So personally, so I my daughter on October 31st on Halloween and for Thanksgiving, what well, I was like three weeks postpartum, our family came to us for Thanksgiving. So we had my family come okay. to us on Thanksgiving um, and they stayed in an Airbnb and also cooked at the Airbnb. So like we didn't have to host anybody at our house. Um, and I will say while that was probably like best case scenario, it was yeah. still very, very overwhelming having so many people like in my space and just wanting to spend time with me and the baby freshly postpartum. I was still feeling like just 
I, I didn't, wasn't super comfortable with breastfeeding yet. Like, especially your first baby, like second baby is totally different. First baby was like, still wasn't super comfortable breastfeeding in front of people anymore. I didn't have a lot of confidence when it came to like my parenting and motherhood yet. It was right around my daughter started to show colic symptoms. I still felt very overwhelmed. Like people, nobody else in my family had a baby. So people were wanting to do activities. And I felt this like, pull of like, I felt guilty saying no or bad saying no to like, you know, going to do to go see holiday lights and like things like that. Mm-hmm. And and I also wanted to do them because, you know, as a first time parent, you're like struggling with that identity shift of like, oh, I yeah. want to do these things, but also like, exactly. Yes. And they, mm-hmm. they sound appealing to do and everything, but then it just kind of like brought to the forefront, the identity shift kind of parallel that I was kind of already struggling with as like a new mom, like brought to the Mm -hmm. forefront, having my whole family there who had certain expectations around me and who I generally am as a person. And then also trying to deal with completely learning myself and another person at the same time. So I don't know, like it was also a joy for my whole family to meet my baby when she was only three weeks old. So like, um, and like I said, they didn't stay with me. Like I still had my space at my house. And so it was like a joy. So I don't know if I would have like, done it differently um but also there was a lot of difficulty around it too yeah I was thinking about that the other day like it's definitely like a there's a lot of emotions when especially when you're a first-time mom um around the holidays with your first baby sometimes it's maybe the first grandchild or whatever niece nephew whatever because you're excited you're excited to share them with your family but at the same time, especially if you're just a few weeks postpartum or, or whatever, you're you're do, dealing with so much, like, mm-hmm. internally that no one can see, um, mm-hmm. that no one really recognizes because they're not in it. Um, and or if they don't trying, have kids, like, they don't understand. They just like, don't I know understand. I was so – I was so sensitive about that postpartum of, like, when I – when my sister would be like, oh, let's go do this. And then I'd be like, I want to say no, but I feel bad. Like, I'm afraid to hurt her feelings because I know she doesn't yeah. – under. Like, I don't want her to think that she's just obsolete in my life now that I have a baby or something like that. And, like, she wasn't putting that on me. I was putting it on myself, you know? Yeah. But it's, like, yeah. it's so much – at one time honestly Mm -hmm. again like I said like I don't know if I would do things differently but just like my advice would be to be gentle with yourself if this is your first baby over the holidays whether your baby is six months old or three weeks old be gentle with yourself and and relinquish your expectations of how it's going to go or what it's going to look like Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, yeah because it's going to be different it's going to be different like your whole life changes your whole life changes, your role mm-hmm. changes, you as a person change. And so yeah. it's an unrealistic expectation to think for both you yourself to think and your family to think that it's all going to be the same. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think recognizing that ahead of time can be helpful. Yes. Um, yes. Like she was saying, like, I, I and I definitely think I personally would recommend maybe not seeing extended family within the first month postpartum. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um, so we went, so, so Thanksgiving was just me, my immediate family. And then Christmas, we traveled to Texas nine hours away with our six week. She was about, you know, six to seven weeks old then at that point mm-hmm. for Christmas with my husband's extended family. So 
I will say that just the shift of it being six to seven weeks postpartum versus three weeks postpartum, I was monumentally more comfortable. I was more, I was confident with our breastfeed. Like we were breast, she was breastfeeding like a champ at that point. Like I wasn't still like physically healing from the birth. I mean, I still physically heal for years, but I mean, like I didn't (laughs) still have a tear and stitches and my nipples weren't bleeding and like that kind of stuff. There was extra supplies and. Yes. Yes. Like I wasn't like, you know, I, I, we had the feeding routine down. It wasn't like, oh, should I bring my pump? Because what if I'm not producing enough or what if she's losing weight or like, you know, kind of all that stuff. So like the, so I would say Thanksgiving at three weeks, if it was 10 people, if it was my whole extended family, like her and the thread, that would have been way too much for me because I would have not been confident yet in how I was feeding and caring for my daughter that like I could see you know great aunt Marjorie being like oh shouldn't you give her a bottle for this or that or like she's crying and like oh you should give her a bottle or oh you should be doing this with sleep and being like a wreck we're like at six to seven weeks postpartum I was already at the place where I felt more confident as a mother that I could say like no that's not doesn't work for us we're at three to and of course that moment for everybody's going to be different like that timeline depending on your journey but for me at like three weeks I was still such a hormonal emotional disaster because your hormones like you just delivered your placenta and all the hormones have left your Mm -hmm. body and you have all of this to recoup from like you have to get back you know to kind of a level space and I feel like that's better at that six to seven week mark than it is at that three-week mark and I was still like such an emotional disaster that if anybody said anything to me that they didn't even think would be a big deal but just like a little off-the-cuff comment about me not doing something right or not doing a good job I would have like just lost it and been like in my feels and everything where at that six to seven week mark I was a little bit more confident and capable of kind of doing things my way and caring less about like what other people said and Mm -hmm. stuff and so Was it, I would say, honestly, like car trips with newborns are way easier than car trips with like toddlers and stuff like, like (laughs) she slept most of the time. Yes. Yes. It's just important that you still like wake them up every two hours so that they aren't car seat for like five hours is not really safe for them um so you make sure they get lots of time out of the car seat and are feeding still. Yeah, as they saw me eating every two to three hours, like all that's super important. Um, but when it came to, yeah, my stress level with like traveling and doing things with her was a lot lower than it was at that three week mark. Now, do I now, now, so like I said, like I wasn't too concerned about like flu, RSV, stuff like that. Like I set some boundaries and I definitely told people like, please don't kiss her or like, especially when we had like extended family gatherings with my husband's family, like I just put her in the baby carrier and didn't really give it as an option for a bunch of people to be holding her. Like that's a big thing that I like believe in is like you, you are the parent and it's nobody else is right to like hold and take care of your baby. Nobody needs to feed them a bottle. Nobody needs to. And even if you're bottle feeding, like I was exclusively breastfeeding, so that wasn't an option. But I feel like I see, so I've literally had clients that have said to me like, is it weird that I'm bottle feeding formula and I still want to feed them all of their meals? And I'm like, no, that's completely normal. And it's good for the baby to bond with their primary caregivers. It's really beneficial whether you're breastfeeding 
or formula feeding from the start that they know that they're like two primary caregivers are the main people who are always going to pick them up, who are always going to be feeding them. Like that creates a bond with baby. Like that's where people are like, oh, breastfeeding is such a bonding experience. The bonding experience is your child knowing that you're going to take care of them like that you are the person who responds to their needs and takes care of them. And so you can do that formula feeding. Dad can be the primary, more of the primary caregiver. Mom can be more of the primary caregiver. It's just like having that primary caregiver. And it's not weird to like want to have that time with your newborn. They were just growing inside of you for nine months. It's not weird to want to be like, oh, I don't want to just hand them off to whatever family member is like wants to play baby with them. Um, Yeah. And I, one thing that I talk to my clients about too is you have to, from a baby's perspective, like, yes, from a parenting perspective, like we want to bond with them, all those things. But from a baby's perspective, they can become super overstimulated being passed mm-hmm. around. And that totally mm-hmm. interferes with them wanting to eat at all. Yes. Like, yes. And we see cases of mastitis. Like it's actually proven that cases of mastitis rise over the holidays, Mm -hmm. Um, cases of babies not being fed properly and like losing Mm -hmm. weight and stuff rises over the holidays. Um, It's important that, you know, and, and I definitely even saw that when we were at Christmas of like, people would like I'd pass her off and she'd sleep on them for like three hours. Do you know what I mean? And then I'm like, well, if she was sleeping on me, she would stir and want to breastfeed again. Or if she was sleeping in her bassinet, she'd stir and want to breastfeed again. And um, we talked about this on our traveling episode, but like I said, like always bring a pump for for when you're traveling because – I had that happen so many times to me with traveling so much with my baby of like it shifting her eating habits whenever we travel and there'd be so many more people around to hold her and care for her. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's really important that you protect yourself and like don't get mastitis and stuff when you're traveling. But yeah, I would. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. There's so much of like, don't wake the baby. Like they'll wake up when they're hungry. Like don't wake them up. And you know, they're perfectly content. And it's like, no, <laughs> like mm-hmm. we need, like they need to eat. Like I can tell that my breasts are full and they need to yep. eat. Like, And I got the long. opposite. Like I got the opposite a lot. I remember or on that, that visit with my, with Alda being six to seven weeks old was like when she was just a baby, one, she was colicky. She was super fussy mm-hmm. and like she was definitely overstimulated. Like overstimulation brought on her colicky symptoms a lot more. Um, and so I was like constantly nursing her to try to let to keep her like calm down and less stimulated and things like that. And like you get the comments all the time, like, oh, she's hungry again. Yep. I've got like that almost like like so judgy of like uh, you know, oh, you're just trying to hog your baby, one. And then also on the other side about you being like, uh, are you sure Are you sure you're making enough that she wants to eat that much? Yes. Like every hour? Like, yes. yes. Do you see how big my baby is? They're totally mm-hmm. fine. Even if they aren't chunky babies, um, totally getting those unsolicited comments. And you have to okay. weigh to yourself, can I handle those? Because they're going to come, um, especially if you're not Yep. Especially if you're not with immediate family, like you're not with like, because I don't know about you, but like for me, I feel way more comfortable telling my mom or my sister to just like shut up than I do like my aunt or my husband's aunt or or my husband's grandma. Your husband's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's just so much unsolicited advice that comes with being around family at any point, but like any family gathering with a newborn, when you are still working on your own confidence and you're figuring mm-hmm. your baby out and you're figuring your body out. And then it's like, you have all this other, and again, sometimes it's just comments like in passing that, you know, no one else thinks of. And then you are like thinking about it the rest of the day. And exactly. And we talked so about that crazy. with Megan that you'll hear we next yeah. week. Yeah. Which is why we're trying not to talk about like too much about boundaries. Cause we talked all about that, but there yeah. is what something that we talked about with Meg was like, there's boundaries and you can set boundaries, but you can't alter other people's behavior. So like you can set boundaries of like, I'm going to remove myself from this situation. If this is being discussed or, you know, this kind of is broken or whatever, but you can't alter everybody's behavior. And what do we kind of let roll off our back and what is going to affect us. And I think at different parts of postpartum, that's different of like Mm -hmm. at that point in postpartum, I was confident in how I was feeding my baby and what she needed from me as a mother. And so I felt a lot less anxious about just being like, ha ha, okay, you know, whatever verse, and then still just doing what I wanted to do with her verse, um, you know, I think if I saw extended family at three weeks postpartum, I would have probably cried in my room the whole entire time. <laughs> so that's just, yeah. that's just a reality. Yeah. It's just a, it's such a vulnerable time. And yeah. Um, yeah. I, I also, one thing like got, well, no wonder you're exhausted because you're picking them up every time they cry or you're nursing them every time they cry or whatever. And it's like, I'm just being responsive. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not and like, yes, it is exhausting. It's exhausting being a new parent. But like, this is how I've chosen to parent. I've chosen to be responsive. Um, and like, that's not for that's not everyone's parenting style. I get that. Yeah. It certainly um, wasn't a lot of the older generation's parenting style sure. either, which is why sometimes <laughs> it's more difficult to be around extended family because they're putting those expectations on you or thinking you're doing things wrong and stuff like yeah. that. Or um, you're I'm giving interested- like, the advice like, like the cereal in the bottle and they'll sleep longer and, you know, it's just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something I like to say is just like, oh, well, my pediatrician recommended this or, you know, yeah. like kind of passing, passing the buck a little bit and being like, well, this is what not because I think sometimes if you say, well, I did my research and blah, 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 they like feel like it's up for interpretation. I feel like you're the one doing the research and it's your own like opinions. Um, not saying you can't do research about how you want to parent or feed your children. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying when talking with people, wherever you say like, well, my pediatrician recommended blah, 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 then it like is a little bit more like, you know, mm-hmm. okay. They're just, they're not going to listen to you. I'm interested to hear your thoughts as a nurse, because I, I do feel like, okay, like everything, there's a balance. Like we're the moms in the middle. Like there is this, I need to protect my kids from disease and viruses, especially newborns, like especially newborns, it's a lot more serious if they get really sick. But then I think there's also this side where it becomes like a postpartum intrusive thought, postpartum anxiety situation where moms are passing it off as like, well, this is what doctors are saying or whatever, but they're almost like trying to find so much confirmation bias for like not exposing their kids to any germs ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, and then you hear the other side of just like expose them to anything. It's to build their immune system, you know, whatever, which like also isn't super healthy. And I, I tend to be a little bit like 
less of a germaphobe, or I definitely was pre-COVID and then had a difficult time with it during COVID of like, I felt like my pendulum was swinging the opposite way too much. Yeah. And then having to like talk myself back into, because, because we just, our lifestyle was very easy to go into like dark mode during COVID of like, we both worked from home. Our daughter wasn't in daycare. Like it was very easy to like isolate ourselves. And I think that that was important that the people who could isolate themselves like did help prevent the spread of disease. Um, And then, but then it's like, then as things started to open back up and we were like, our lives need to open back up, it was hard to like pull ourselves out of that bubble because you get the mentality of like, it. there's danger out there. And Learns I think everywhere. a lot of, I think so many new moms are dealing with that. New moms, especially moms who became moms post-COVID because it's so hard for me to explain to people sometimes that like pre-COVID, like I just let my daughter crawl around the airport floors and like maybe not every mom would have done that. But like I really – there wasn't this like sense of like a that's disgusting, that's horrible, you're endangering your child by like exposing them to these things. And so I'm kind of interested to hear your nurse perspective and just also your motherhood perspective of like how do we balance that or know like where the line is of where it's become like a postpartum anxiety or what is just like really like good anxiety for us to protect our children. Yeah. I mean, I've always said, like, I feel like so much of this is just common sense. Like, germs are everywhere. They are literally everywhere. But Mm -hmm. our bodies are designed to fight off a lot of what we're exposed to. Now, that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're aunt or grandma or whatever who is hacking and coughing and you know has been running a fever should be around your newborn like Mm -hmm. you know I think there's a level of responsibility that we do have to take and our family should take too like I've been sick or I've been coughing you know I'm not gonna come around I'll see you later like Mm -hmm. And know that, like, it doesn't mean that they're never going to get to see your kid. Now, I know that can be hard, especially when you live, like, states away or whatever. Like, that does make things a little bit more challenging. Um, And it's harder to just be like, we'll see you next time, you know. But I think so much of it is just you also, as a mom, as a parent, have to find the middle ground that you are comfortable with, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, some people are not as, like – anxious about the germs and stuff I will say as a nurse like in my background like I know that majority majority of illnesses are you know newborns are a different story but majority of illnesses are viruses that we will get over that our body will fight and yes it's an inconvenience and yes it's hard to see our babies um sick and it's hard for us to be sick but some of that just cannot be prevented it's just part of living um, and it's going to happen. Um, but again, like I said, there's just a level of responsibility. So like, I mean, I know for me, when my kids were little and we had family gatherings coming up and stuff like that, I mean, I would be like, if I heard that someone was sick, I'd be like, mm, you know, I just don't think we're going to come or, yeah. you know, like I'm just really anxious. That makes me nervous or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've just, I've just tried to be like, fairly transparent about it um and just speak up ahead of time I think is a little bit more helpful than like in the moment it feels really uncomfortable um yeah 
Yeah, I think a lot of people take it as a personal attack of like, if you're like, oh, I don't want the baby to be around you, it's like a personal attack versus like you just trying to protect your child. But of course, like as a parent, your child has to be the priority, like the priority. But can we, in all aspects of life, can we protect our kids from everything? No. No. We can't protect them from the world and all the bad things in the world. But we can take some measurable steps to be like we're gonna wash our hands we're going to take our vitamins we're going to you know if I can breastfeed I'm gonna breastfeed and make sure they're getting the antibodies I'm gonna baby wear them so that they're not being like play past the baby around like there are some actionable steps we can take but there is that balance of like I still have to interact with the world and my child still has to be a part of the world and also let's try to keep them as healthy as possible. But I, I try to like, I think that with social media, we just always hear like the worst case scenario. Like we hear about the baby who got RSV over the holidays and is not doing well, you know, in like the, in the NICU or the ICU. And it's very scary and it's real. Like it does happen. Mm -hmm. I've worked in the ER. I've seen kids and babies that have really, really struggled. And, um, that's hard. It's hard to watch. And like, you know, that hasn't, I I mean, my, my first was sick for off and on for months with respiratory illnesses. Luckily Mm -hmm. we never had to be admitted, but we did end up in urgent care in the ER and, you know, like, Mm Yeah, both my kids, like my, yeah, my daughter, my daughter got bronchiolitis multiple times during her first year of life. Like she was just more prone to it and she eventually grew out of it, but we were in the ER getting breathing treatments a few times. And then my son, he really struggles with croup and he gets strider, like whenever he's Mm -hmm. sick and has a difficult time with breathing and we have to give him a steroid. And luckily, like, you know, we've gotten it now that we have it at the house to give him. But the first two times it happened, we had to bring him to the ER like at night and um like it is scary like I'm not going to lie and be like oh it's not scary but it's also just like part of life unfortunately you know of like I'm not like I'm not having sick people hold my baby but like I am gonna bring them to the play cafe and let them crawl around and like be a be a child because also like socialization is important and um me getting out of the house there is a level of exposure that our kids do need to build their immune system yeah like totally you know and and us just as as humans like we've seen that we've seen that firsthand that you know through covid we all wore masks we all were super careful we didn't socialize we didn't go around people and then now people are dealing with illnesses and they're like you know (laughs) laying in bed with things that they normally would have been able to just power through because their immune systems were stronger so it's like there's a balance there's a balance mm-hmm. with it. And I think that doesn't change with our kids. But again, we know that newborns are a whole nother story. But like you said, baby wearing, yes. breastfeeding if you can, like being responsible, being intentional. And I do with think who they're around. For me as a parent who who had anxiety post COVID, like going like getting back into normal like activities mm-hmm. and life and everything, it was not like ripping off a band-aid where I was just like, I just gotta throw myself back into normal life. It was like what really helped me was like doing little things and starting to build up my confidence again and like life and dealing with illness. Like the first thing I did was like enroll my daughter in gymnastics, which is like a germ fest. Like gymnastics is a germ fest. 
and like every week that she went and then like she didn't get sick I was like oh it's not just like these germs are like these giant bad guys coming to get us like trying to find us everywhere we are like we do have some resilience inside of us and then like her first time getting sick post like really sick post COVID it was like okay, we got through that. Like it sucked for a couple days and then like we got over and we all survived. And it was kind of like having to kind of, because when we isolated during COVID, we just didn't get sick for such a long time that it was hard to like, we, she got sick so much her first year of life, but then COVID happened and then she never got sick that it was hard to like build up that resilience again to like, okay, sometimes our lives are going to be thrown off and sometimes we're going to have to call up work and like whatever, like when there's sickness and stuff. But for the people who, had kids during COVID or after COVID. It's like, that's just has always been part of parenthood. Mm-hmm. Um, even before COVID, you know, it was part of yeah. parenthood of kids get sick and we have to manipulate our life around it and we have to figure it out. And of course that doesn't, you know, if you have a brand new newborn, cause you know, fevers are serious in newborns the first couple mm-hmm. weeks of life, like a brand yes. new newborn, um, if you have a medically fragile child, like obviously that's different of like, you should not be given crap from right. people for having anxiety about them getting sick, like all that stuff. But yeah, it is, I think that balance of trying to figure out because I do think that it's, that there is a lot of benefits to kids in learning resilience and having resilient parents. Mm-hmm. And I think that in like the amount of information that we get and the, I think sometimes we think like we can learn enough to protect our children from everything. Of like, if they, which I'm not saying safe sleep is important, but like if they sleep in the perfect way, if they, if we feed them in the right way, if we learn, you know, that they can never choke, like we cut up everything perfectly so that they can never choke. Like we know so much that we get this like mentality of like, we can protect them from everything. And I think that it takes some self-work to be like, there is benefit to learning ways that we can protect our children. But in the end, we can't, I think that it can lead to like, paralysis of like decision paralysis in terms of like how we interact with our children and how we let them interact with the world. Yeah. And I will say as a nurse, like through COVID, I struggled. Like Mm -hmm. I just, every day I had this like internal battle of like what I knew in my mind, like from my nursing background about transmission of illness and, you know, treatment and all of that. And then like my parenting brain, that was like mm-hmm. just anxiety ridden. Like I was like, you know, just trying to find that balance the entire time because I mean, I struggled with postpartum anxiety too. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic, but yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to find that balance. Um, and the holidays, but there is, does need to be a balance found. There does need to be a balance found of like, I'm not going to never go to another family gathering because now Mm -hmm. I have a baby and I'm worried about them getting sick because it's so important for me to have a relationship. Even if that's not really that important for my baby to have a relationship with my great aunt, it is important for me to still be present and stuff at family gatherings um, and have relationships with my family and things like that. But I do think it's that. And not that I would recommend necessarily going on a flight with your six week old and having to be at it. Like, you know, you have to find that, you have to find, again, that balance of like, what can I take? Yeah. What can I, what can I take at this part, at this point postpartum? Um, Mm -hmm. What is healthy, but also like healthy for me and healthy for baby? And how do I balance that? But yeah, I don't know. It is, it is difficult. And I guess, yeah, the thing I would say to somebody who went through having a baby, at the holidays is yes. 
find that balance, check in with yourself, and don't think that just because somebody else's postpartum journey, they were fine with visitors and family gatherings at three to four weeks, and that really helped them, um, that that has to be your story. And it's a, it's okay if you, say, if you say no or you don't hold up, because like everything in this thread too, I was hearing, this is what my family does. Like, this is what the expectation is on us. Mm-hmm. But they also never had kids before. Mm-hmm. So now it's okay if expectations change, like, yeah. and you don't do what the rest of your family does as a family unit, because yeah. now and, it's me and my family. Yeah, it's your journey. It's your kids. And I talk about mm-hmm. this all the time with postpartum. You have to learn how to be selfish and mm-hmm. not in a way where you discount everyone else's feelings and you don't care about anybody, but like in a way that you are protecting yourself, your mental health, your kids, your relationship. Um, You have to find a way to do that. And it is through setting clear priorities and setting boundaries and trying to stick to that and just being okay that someone else might not understand it and someone else might not agree with it. You're doing it for you totally. because this is your story. Um, yeah. No one else's. So, a hundred percent. Well, with yeah. that, this was fun. Yeah, I hope that you know we got a little serious good, there. Good but. luck. <laughs> good luck. Salute to everybody with new babies over the holidays. Um, yes. Good luck to all of you. Um, feel free to hop in our DMs or an email if you have a specific question that comes up about holiday stuff, or if you just want to share what worked for you. Um, and yeah, I'm excited as much as we've been talking about the downsides and the boundaries and all of that for the holidays. It's going to be a fun holiday season and yeah. And I'm excited for our episode next week to come out. I think it's going to be so beneficial to a lot of people. Absolutely. So stay tuned. Yeah. Well, have a good week. That's a wrap. (laughs) Bye guys. See you next week guys. Thanks for joining us this week on Moms in the Middle. If you like this episode, make sure to leave us a review and hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts in order to receive notifications on new episodes. If you want to follow us on social media, check out our show notes for links to our profiles. Have a great week and we'll catch you in the middle next time.